elevate this video lesson from Jacqueline Holloway, which I have watched firsthand do this proficiently and professionally for years about communicating with your organization, about solving problems through communication and developing relationships through communication. Listen, watch, take great notes because this will help you immensely. Enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks so much for taking the time to watch this lesson today. I'm gonna to be talking to you about communication, but more specifically, the different ways to communicate and some ways to avoid miscommunication disasters. You know, in this day and age, there's so many different ways to communicate, from social media, texting, emailing, and even good old fashioned phone calling and snail mail. With all these different modes, it can be easy to under communicate or even miscommunicate. And what's even sadder is that meaningful communication has taken a back seat to efficiency and convenience. It's so much easier to just sit behind a computer screen and send out emails. So now we see communicating with others as just another task to check off. But what would happen if instead we looked at every interaction with someone as an opportunity? In fact, communicating effectively is key to forming relationships and solving problems. But there's just several areas that prevent us from communicating effectively. So we're gonna take a minute and discuss just a few of these traps and pitfalls. And to do this, well, I'm gonna take you back to high school. Now, if you get anything, anything out of this lesson, it is this. Do not break up over text. Or for your more seasoned leaders, don't write a Dear John letter. Believe it or not, the mode that you communicate with actually plays a huge role in the way that your message is received and even understood. In short, avoid communicating anything negative with written communication like email or text. You know, in a research study, it was discovered that, surprise, most of us have a very difficult time communicating negative information face to face with individuals. We find that communicating through technology like email or text actually decreases our psychological discomfort. <laughs> We're all guilty of this, me included. But even though it may decrease your discomfort to send an email instead, you're actually gonna come across as callous or disrespectful to the person that's receiving the message. So as difficult as it can be to have an in-person meeting with someone, this can smooth over disagreements and it can leave both parties with closure Instead of just a long line of emails where tone can be misread, stories are made up in your mind, and emotions can become so high. And just one other time that you always, always wanna have an in-person conversation is when you're gonna have that conversation with someone and you're gonna ask them what I like to call a big ask. You're gonna be asking them that requires a large time commitment from the recipient. It's always best to be able to see their body language, their facial expressions, so that when you're having a conversation, you can discern their response better. You can ensure that you're both leaving on the same page. You can actually see it in their face if they might be confused with what you're presenting them or if they have any reservations. Now, you may be wondering, well, when can I communicate with email or text? Well, recorded forms of media like this are best when you're giving direct instructional or factual messages. If you're wanting to share a meeting date, tell your boss when their flight leaves, or giving a code to enter a building to a volunteer, sharing this information over the phone 
means most likely in five minutes, they're gonna completely forget. So if your message contains dates, numbers, important information, and you actually want them to remember it, do it in an email or a text where they can go back at a later date and time and they can refer back to it. Now, there is one last form of communication, and that's a handwritten letter. Thank you cards and letters of appreciation may seem like a simple gesture to you, but it speaks volume about you as a person, and it truly speaks deeply to the recipient, especially if their love language is words of affirmation. It shows that you actually took the time and thought with your gratitude. Most importantly, writing thank you cards instills gratitude and support into the culture. Now, as I'm telling you all this, please know that communicating is not an exact science. There's no hard or fast rules because every person has their own preferences to how they want to be communicated with. Some people get annoyed with phone calls. I'm one of them. I cannot stand to be on the phone. I would so much rather you text me. Some never check their emails. I have volunteers that will never check their email if I need them to help me with a set, but I need to pick up the phone and call them, and they're happy with that. Do not be afraid to ask others what their preference is. It's so much better than guessing wrong and risking frustration and miscommunication. Now, one other lesson from high school to apply here is that perception is sadly reality. If you're on the football team, no matter how high your GPA is, most people are still gonna think you're probably a meathead or a typical jock. In work and in life, people are gonna judge you on how they perceive your words and actions, not your actual words and actions. Now, according to a study by Erasmus University, we actually think we're better at communicating with technology than we actually are. We often overestimate how well we communicate over email, especially when our message may be ambiguous. Does this sound familiar? I cannot even count the amount of times I've received an email from a leader where I left with a million questions because they were just extremely ambiguous. They didn't give me all the information I needed. The trick to preventing this is by rereading your emails before you hit send. Make sure you read your emails from a perspective of someone who may not have all the information you know. This is gonna catch assumptions you may be making about the information that you've given the person. If a task that you're giving is complex, make sure you rewrite it to make it more user-friendly. And do not forget to verbalize that they can come to you with any questions they may have. This may seem silly to you, but a lot of people, they, they're kind of scared to ask because they don't want to seem incompetent or they may not want to bug you. But if you just open this door, that's going to open the door for them to ask questions and make sure they get all the information and there's not that miscommunication and frustrations going on. Another area where perception tends to bite us is misinterpretation of emails. According to a study in the journal Personality and Social Psychology, said if you send an email on a regular basis, like most of us do, your chances are no better than 50% of being interpreted correctly. Now, this just terrifies me because this means half of the time your emails are being misinterpreted. One thing to remember is that sarcasm and humor can almost never be interpreted correctly with written communication. In fact, emotions and tone are impossible to read because everyone's mind paints a different picture in their head of what they're reading. This is the beauty of literature in a fictional setting. Everyone can interpret the piece of writing differently, even in ways that the author never thought of. But when it comes to communication with others in the office place or in ministry, 
this can cause an absolute train wreck. You know, I had a leader once that communicated almost all the time through email. I had to learn quickly not to analyze every word or assume that I knew what she was thinking or feeling when she would write the email. I oftentimes would read the email and I'd feel attacked, confused, or incompetent after reading some of the emails. But once I actually walked into her office and we talked through the email, 95% of the time I had misread her tone or it just wasn't as big of a deal as I'd created in my mind. The other 5% of the time, we talked through it. And because we were both vulnerable and open in our communication, we actually became more intimate and left understanding each other, which ultimately <laughs> deepened our relationship and is the main purpose of communication. Now my last lesson from high school is this, don't leave them hanging. If someone goes to high five you, you don't ignore them unless you're a jerk. When someone speaks to you for the most part, you respond. If someone says, hey Jacqueline, I'm gonna say hey back. So when someone sends you an email, text, or leaves you a voicemail, why would you treat it any differently and leave them hanging? For some reason, a lot of us see answering people via technology as optional, but there's no reason to treat these forms of communication any differently than face-to-face -face conversations. As a general rule, you should always attempt to respond the same day or at worst case scenario, 24 hours. Of course, there's always gonna be exceptions like illnesses, vacations, and we're all human, we make mistakes, but always try to answer them within 24 hours. If they ask a question that requires time for you to research and answer or go ask someone, it's always polite to acknowledge them with a reply that you'll get back to them as soon as you find out their answer. This helps put the person's mind at ease that you've received their message and you're gonna be working on it. Another simple email response is when someone emails you with something that may not need, even need a response. They're simply relaying information to you. Always at least respond with a thanks or I got it. An example of this is if your leader emails you and wants to remind you of a meeting with them tomorrow at 1 p.m. There's no call to action in their email but it's still polite to acknowledge their email and let them know that you've received their information. By keeping all these tips in mind, this will hopefully limit your miscommunication woes and frustrations. When we feel understood, we start trusting, and trust is the first step to a solid relationship. Feeling understood is developed through meaningful communication, and meaningful communication requires us to step away from our task list and to look at every interaction as an opportunity. I hope that this lesson helps you and challenges you to communicate more effectively and make deeper connections with those that you lead and those that you follow.